sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. I want to piggyback off of what Dominique just said. Woohoo! Thanks, everybody, for being here. Yay! We've, uh, we're coming around the bend here. Um, it's been kind of crazy, but we're going to be very Santa Barbara-like and keep shining our light and still uh, working through this together. You know, together we will stand. That's how I, I always tell everybody, Does it, this is not about politics. This is not about people. This is about teamwork. unity and teamwork and just trying to get through. The one topic I want to go over today, because our show, if you've just joined us, thank you very much. Um, please like us on Facebook. This is Teen Sports Radio. We've been around for over a decade. And the beautiful thing to support our community, what we do is we have donated 24,000 minutes back to the community in our commercials uh, to support our nonprofits and our businesses. So um, let's go around. We've got Ed Langlow in the house today, Anthony Rodriguez, Sherry Owens, Angela Miller-Bevan, Dominique Hackett, and I am Erica Saldo. We do have um, a wonderful producer, Dr. Richard. Well, he's Dr. Dugan, Dr. D, <laughs> but Richard Dugan, not a medical doctor. Nobody started uh, getting sick or anything. But, no, uh, we really we really appreciate all of his love and support to the community. Um, oh, you bet. No problem. I love it. Yeah. I love doing it. I love doing it. I have a lot of fun so, with it. And uh, yeah. I hope that. Uh, I hope that people really do enjoy this program. I think it brings a lot of light and love to the to the broadcast, to the radio uh, programming that we have here, as well as to the community, not just locally, but but globally, because we are on the internet. We're streaming yeah. at those times. Then you have the the videos that you record on uh, uh, the, through Zoom that you put up. You put it up on your website or up on YouTube. We're working on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> right well, now it's. Facebook, we do social media. We put it up on social media. Uh, Facebook and so forth, social media. So I think it's a great service that's been provided now. We are headed towards what? Birthday number 11? Yes. Yes. Wow. 11 years. All right. So the one topic that I want to go today, because it just, it stuck out really. I was, I actually had to read it, the headlines three times. And then right away, I judge everything. Oh, fake, fake, fake. And then I actually talked to a couple of people that I know that have kids and they says, no, Erica, that's that's real. That's what they're proposing. Um, Dominique, you want to right now, the Santa Barbara School District is going to vote on a proposal to get rid of D's and F's, I think, just for this current year and do more like a pass fail system. And so we were just as a community having a discussion about how best to serve our kids and whether um, doing this would render them the best service. And there's interesting pros and cons. But um, Angela, uh, you had a real interesting comment about how it's kind of a Band-Aid on a situation that we, the adults of our community, have not properly handled. Well, first of all, Angela, congratulations again uh, with your new position over at the uh, Braille Institute. So uh, I think you're muted. So unmute yourself and congratulations. But what, what, cause you have a son actually that's in eighth grade. So what's your, what's your feelings? Yeah. Thank you for the congratulations. An amazing athlete, by the Love way. <laughs> Pardon? He's an, an athlete. athlete yes. By the way. Teen sport sponsored his uh, football team and they actually went to the championship. And so uh, that was the claim to fame. He was, he wasn't going to let Erica down. 
No. Undefeated. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I think that was a $300 pizza. (laughs) Actually, pizza party. That was a big pizza party. But um, yeah, you know, I feel like um, I feel really let down by, you know, our how we've gone through this with the pandemic and with the school district and now them deciding to do this, you know, no, no lower grades and just change it to a no credit credit. These kids are suffering. And instead of dealing with it, we're band-aiding it. And I feel like that's what we've been doing. It's like, oh, we're in a pandemic. Oh, let's put a band-aid on it. Oh, we're in a pandemic. Let's put a band-aid on it. These kids are our future and their mental state is not in a good place. And, you know, some kids, you know, I'm fortunate. My son wasn't doing real well at junior high last year and now he's homeschooled and I'm working from home. So he's supervised 24 hours a day and he's getting straight A's. But that's not the case for other families that, you know, their kids aren't supervised as much because they're working. Some of them are working, are essential workers. They're out of the house. There's no socialization with these kids. And so they're on these video games and they're not, you know, focusing and there's nobody there to support them. So we're putting a bandaid on it. And not only are we going to hurt these kids because a DNF is fail. It's a no credit if they do that. So then what happens to them when they can't go on to an eighth grader, can't go on to ninth grade? Like, how's that going to affect them in the future? And I, I feel like we're, like I said, putting a bandaid on it. I don't feel like we're dealing with it the way that we should. I think that there's so many solutions that have, you know, we're so concerned about COVID, which is, is I mean, that's normal. That is what we're dealing with right now. But there are ways for people to wear masks and be around kids and help them and tutor them. And there are so many people in our community right now that are sitting at home doing nothing because they can't go out, they can't go to work, they can't whatever. And why aren't we utilizing that and trying to bring people either one-on-one, six feet apart, or somehow where we can get these kids to where they're doing better in school instead of changing the the grading? Mm. Yeah. Sherry, what's happening even at the UCSB level? Are students, have you heard of how students are doing with the whole online process for our college students? Well, they hate it. Um, um, You know, a lot of students really crave that um, personal interaction with the professors. Um, And I know my wife, Jenny, you know, she would much prefer uh, having a one-on-one with a student. I mean, so much is learned at a university level, I think, where when class ends and you walk back to the professor's office with them and you have some questions and there's that, you know, one-on-one contact you can have. And, you know, the professors and the teachers at a high school or, or elementary or whatever level, they can read the kid's body language. They can, they can figure things out so much more that when, you know, you're in front of a kid or you're in front of a, a you know, university freshman or a high school student, not only can you read their face to see if they're getting what you're telling them, but then you can pick up if there's problems at home. You know, there's an avenue for these kids to discuss like situations. You can tell if like they're hungry. You can tell if, if something's going on rather than just being over a Zoom screen. And so I'm, I'm an advocate of, hey, you know, 
if if there's a way to be able to to get teachers and or or volunteers or people in front of these kids with masks and help them, I think it's for the best. I know that UCSB is. Um, I think they're bringing in a thousand undergraduate students starting in the winter. I think they're trying to get kids back on campus just because there's been such a um, influx of students and parents saying we, you know, we want our kids to like be in school, like we want them to to be on campus to have the experience. You know, it's an experience, and when you're on a computer screen, you lose that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they have like what twenty thousand plus kids go to the school, so they want one thousand. I think they're bringing them back slowly and surely. Yeah. I know that Jenny, she's a professor of art history at UCSB, they they got a they got an email. It was probably about a month ago, wanting to see what professors would teach in person in the. I think they're going to try to have a lot of summer classes to make up for um you know in-person summer classes to make up for what they haven't had all year yeah. um you know also when students are on it, when they're gone it's a huge loss of revenue yeah. you know it's it's you know campuses make a lot of money when when students are on campus yes true uh we've got anthony rodriguez in the house we've got a couple yeah. of minutes anthony what's the uh what's the update here at the food bank uh, well, Food Bank, again, is, is completely rocking. Um, we got uh, an additional uh, six uh, service service guards members uh, to assist us and because we're uh, up, upping our um, distribution or actually our deliveries to our seniors um, so they don't have to, you know, put themselves at risk. So we're, we're stepping that up since we got the support. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's a really good thing. The only thing that we're kind of struggling it struggling with is uh not having uh gloves um have, we're having a hard time getting some nitro gloves and any place that it's around here there's a limit on gloves you know there's five you know you can only buy five 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 boxes at a time and, <laughs> and we're currently needing to purchase like large amounts of uh, gloves so i guess that's the only uh, the struggle but if anybody wants to donate a couple boxes of gloves nitro we would be gladly appreciated because we really need those for uh, for all our employees that are on uh, you know on deck. Because um, you know that's that's my responsibility is keeping them safe and keeping our community safe while they're working with the food bank. Wow. So. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll put that's a that good call. Yeah, that's a good call. We'll I will definitely make that posting through Team Sports Radio, Anthony. For some, what do they call nitro? Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the nitro gloves. Uh, they're not the latex ones. So right. the nitro yeah. gloves are a little bit thicker, and then they're also you know just a lot more easier to work with with the work that we do. Right. Got you. Okie dokie. All right, let's do this. Let's take a little break. We've got the little smushy sign. We've got a lot of show today. We're going to return with Ed Langlow. And if only I'd known after these messages.
back, and this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. We're up now. We're back. Woohoo! New commercials. Gotta love it. Uh, Angela's going to be doing a new commercial now that she's the, what's her exact title? Uh, I don't know, but she's the uh, director of the Braille Institute. What's your exact title, Angela? <laughs> I am the regional manager for the Braille Institute. So nice. I um, am in charge of everybody in the facility and um, all kinds of fun things. The classes. Hey, so you oh, everybody always needs to ask for money. So, you know, we I think I still have the original one from Fairview Gardens. I don't know, a decade ago, <laughs> but we we can maybe just. Take out Fairview well, Gardens. No, I think I, I'm hoping that if everything goes right, and I can't say anything yet, but I have good news that we will talk about at next week's show. Nice. If if I would love to have um, Richard play the mandolin in the background of my my commercial for. Oh, that program. sounds great! Perfect. <laughs> we can make that happen next week for sure. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you and Dr. D get that uh, coordinated. Uh, Thank you so much. And what a blessing. And it's such a gift. One, to have you on the show. Two, your friendship. And three, Braille. Knocked it out of the park on that one. So yeah, I really love Braille. So I'm so proud of it because I, I went and did a tour of the facility with the facilities manager. And I had said to him over the phone, I said, oh, my mother-in-law has a plaque there. And he goes, oh, there's plaques all over the building. And when I walked into the corridor, into the, the eight, the, the front part, I, I point to this big, huge plaque with her face on it. And I go, no, that plaque. And he goes, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> That's goes, I go, how many times have you walked by that plaque and you don't even know what it says? And he's like, Quite a few. <laughs> well, now, you know, there it is. So I am very proud and honored to be, be with Braille. It's a big deal for my family and for myself. Nice. It's a perfect fit. Perfect fit. Looking forward to the future and the relationship. Um, Ed Langlow. Yay. We missed you. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So what do we have for today? Well, welcome to If Only I'd Known. This will be the first segment this year of If Only I'd Known. If Only I'd Known is a mentor's moment for the kids that are with us remotely on Zoom as, as well as those listening in on the radio. Uh, today's title is My Best Thoughts from 2020. As I look back on the segments from 2020, I've tried to compile a few thoughts in order of how critical I feel that they are to a teenager to consider. Now, I've used this first adage more than once over the past year, but I think it's the most important advice to wrap your head around while you're young. Number one, is nothing that happens to you in this life has any meaning except the meaning you give it. You can apply this concept to something that's really bringing you down or one of your classes in school that you just hate, but you know deep down inside that it would be better if you were good at that subject and really like learning about it. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can change your feelings about almost anything. Uh, I've read articles about soldiers that were held as prisoners of war and came out with a sound mind because they worked hard on their thoughts 
and how they dealt with the situation they were in. Believe me, changing your feelings about math class is child's play compared to the attitude adjustment. I see a smile there on the screen. Uh, The attitude adjustment that those soldiers had to make. Uh, But they did it. And I promise you can too. If only I'd known when I was young that none of the things that were happening to me had any meaning except the meaning I was giving them. Number two, applying the critical path concept to your life. A critical path system is just putting things in the order that allow progress where it's critical that one activity takes place before the other. So things flow smoothly through whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. How you schedule your life is the most important and more important than anything, really, that any critical path can get. First, you learn to walk. Then you learn to talk. And before you know it, you're a teen. And if you're like I was, you figure you know it all. And you'd rather just hang out with your friends than learn anything. But the learning portion of your critical path is far from over. Some good questions to ask yourself. What do you think you might like to do for a living? What will you need to learn for that occupation? What will it take to get into that field of work? And when are you going to start? So just trust me on this one. Learn all you can while it's still easy. And when you reach the next stage on your path, the world will be your apple. Number three, how will people treat you? Well, it's usually the same way you treat them. Only I had known how to treat others when I was young. You don't have to think very hard to imagine. If you walk up to someone and you say something rude or disrespectful, that you're probably going to hear something rude or disrespectful right back. And today, with all the social media, like texting and Facebook, it's easier to be inconsiderate or flat-out rude when you don't have to look that person in the face while you're talking to them. And some of those bullying digital messages, well, they might be around for a lot longer than you want them to be. And the last thought I wanted to share is about habits. Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Take just one thing at a time that you want to change and practice it until it becomes a habit. Understand that it takes some discipline, and studies show that, on average, habits take about 66 days to form. Harness the power of selected discipline to build the right habits and extraordinary things will find you. Promise you this, if you listen to what Aristotle was trying to tell us and form habits one at a time until they no longer require discipline, make one of them to give meaning to all the things that happen to you so they have a positive influence on your life, and another to create a critical path for your life with each phase accommodating the next one, starting by learning everything you can. And greet people with a smile and treat them with respect. So they're likely to treat you the same uh, if you do those things. Your life will be much easier for it. I'm Ed Langlow. May 2021 bring you great opportunities. And I'll see you next time on If Only I Had Known. 
Nice. Well done. Thank you. And... All right. Well, I'm, we've got, uh, I got a little smushy, so it's time to go again. But um, oh. well done, Ed. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Back. All Good right, to see you guys. Break. Let's take a little break. Erica Salda, the queen of teen. We'll be back with more after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. I love that, Ed. I tell you, we had a nice little conversation at a break, and I'm like, well, why don't we just have this? I coached for 28 years, and I was blessed enough to, to do the um, Boys Club and uh, St. Raphael's. Uh, between the two and i tell you what i've always done we talk about education and kids and i've always looked i've always done matching and uh, angela i was blessed enough to coach her son um and what i always did is when i when i had the best the a student the best basketball player who had all the skills and everything like that i empowered him to carry somebody up okay so i always took like an a player and I put him with a kid who's never played. So if you want to say FD player, whatever, I'm not even just saying, because the kid just never played ball. He hasn't been bouncing the ball since he was two years old. Okay. But I empowered those two to get together. Because if I could get that kid to a C plus, I win championships. Because that C plus person is going to just do, he will die on the sword for the A player that got him there. All right. And I want to do, I think you could take those skill sets and apply them towards taken from sports and put them onto education. Because if we took a Jackson and then we matched them up with two kids, I don't care if they're Fortnite players, whatever, that are the C's and the D's and created micro groups. Okay. I, it would work because you, you would yeah. just you would empower the kids or peers and empower their peers. You learn from teaching. You learn from teaching and Oh my God, what a gift it is. Let me tell you, being that a player, growing up in sports, I had no problem by picking the two worst players because they were the nerds, but I needed the nerds. Otherwise I wouldn't probably get through school. Okay. So I picked the two worst players anytime I was a team captain, but I got better, you know, cause I had and to care for them and then they got better because they wanted to um, help me. So it just, it's energy because that's all everything is in life is energy and information. And by exchanging that back and forth and back and forth, it, that's the magic and that's the secret. And I think this way, we're not blaming teachers. We're not blaming the, the virus. We're not, blaming, we're not blaming anybody. We're not blaming anybody. We're fixing it on our We're level. developing better. We're developing, developing better. How do better systems come out of things that is not a system? You know, and I know like a Jackson, you take the leaders of the class. It's got to be like in a, a class of 30. There's got to be 10 A's. Okay, and then you put them with two others that are not doing as well. Take an A, a B, and a fail, 
And I am telling you, 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 you put those three together and magic will happen. So I won a lot of championships that way. It's going to work. Yeah, you should. You, my, my, Jack, they did that with Jackson. <laughs> he said to me, Mom, they're not doing the work. <laughs> I said, well, now you need to figure out how to help them. Empower them. Uh, you need to, you know, encourage them. And it's and prizes. Did, but it was so funny because he was so frustrated at first, but it was like, it was a teaching skill for him. It was like, right. well, how do you, how are you going to get through to them and, you know, deal with this? And he did. And he was able to bring those kids along with him, which I think is a great way for them to do that. They can't put all that responsibility on a child along with my Band-Aid theory, but that does help. Even if they gave them, you know, there's 700 and something students at Santa Barbara Junior High. Mm-hmm. You take those students and you even give them two people to mentor under one, you're like splitting it down into, you know, so that those kids are at least helping each other. The bottom line is kids like bonuses and incentives. Okay. Gift cards, whatever they're saving billions of dollars right now, not educating. They can put it back into an incentive program because that's how this country rolls. We're a capitalistic Republic. Okay. And I loved it. I don't know what state did it city somewhere in the country that I picked up somewhere that kids are being getting vouchers and they're making rooms in schools like food banks where kids can go and get their groceries because they got all A's that week. So you're, you're incentivizing them, you know, or give them, give them whatever the kid wants. I don't care what it is. I'm sure you can match up with local businesses because they want the money. Okay. Restaurants, yeah, yeah. Well, Sean gives Sean. I found out my husband was giving Jackson money for A's, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And then, I, and then the second time he got him again, I was like, "Okay, maybe that's not a bad idea." Exactly. Yeah. I got paid for A's, but I was, it was cash. Yeah, I got. I used to get a buck an A. I mean, whatever works. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work for everybody. That's, that's I, see, Jackson get. That it went, it's up to five dollars a day now, Erica. Oh, well, That's inflation, this is 70s money. And one oh, advantage to, to using someone like Jackson is they're not an authority figure, and yes. I think that the kids will be more likely to listen to them. I, I had this well, I probably shouldn't say it on the air exactly what happened, but I had a conversation with my step grandson, and I found out that that was his problem. Was Everybody was an authority figure and he was tired of being told what to do. And so I, you know, I sat with him for probably half an hour and and tried to talk to him as someone who's not an authority figure. I told him, I can't tell you what to do. So here's some advice. And, And hopefully it got through to him. And I think that really works. And I think that's where a lot of the rejection comes from is uh, the authority figure and and the kids don't want to be told what to do anymore. Sherry, what do you think? Well, I'm listening to this and it takes me back to my freshman year of college where my college coach put me in a, in the honors dorm and, and I was stuck sharing a room with this junior that was maddening where she'd sit there with a glass of wine and, <laughs> and pump out a research paper, like a 15 page research paper in a night. And I was like, how is she doing that? How is she doing that? But you're right. It's, it's, it's like, um, not that I was stupid, 
but it was that um, the coach wanted, didn't want to put me with another player because it was like, no, you have to learn study skills. And I said, well, well, what the crap is this study skill? Like having to do a research paper all in one night. But it was, um, it was interesting in that um, it really helped me because she was very serious with her studies. Um, she was not an athlete. She was an honor student at the university. And I see her studying like all the time. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I should study more, you know? And it's not that she ever said, oh, let me help you or let me this. It was just watching her and how mm -hmm. hard she'd studied made a difference for me. And I, I really liked what you said, Ed, about focusing on what we continually do over and over and over again. Those habits is what makes up our life and makes up our success. And I was just realizing, wow, mm -hmm. if the net result is our kids are having D's and F's, then we've got to look at what are we having them do over and over and over again. We've exactly. got to or what that. are they doing? We've yeah. got to change that. And yeah. um, the the beautiful thing is there are so many countries in this world that have excellent education that is different than what we're doing in the United States. They're not doing homework. They're doing critical thinking. They're using the Socratic method and they are encouraging community. Uh, they're encouraging kids that are uh, smart to work with kids that aren't as smart, kids that are wealthy, work with kids that don't have wealth so that there is diversity and that diversity is aiding in the educating of our kids. Well, yeah. well also, also too, like what Ed was saying about the authority figure is that is 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 that i think what's important at least it was for myself as i was a child i don't have children so i can't speak for that but for when i was a child it's the you have to you know children you know a lot of times it's is that authority figure in your life telling you what to do a safe authority figure right it's yes. it's, it's, it's 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 is do you feel safe with that authority figure is that authority figure speaking to you from a place of love and concern or is it you know, is it not? Because unfortunately and sadly, you know, that can be the case in many families where these authority figures, you know, especially now people are having a hard time and tensions are high. And, and, you know, I think it just adds another layer to, you know, who is that authority figure that are speaking to all these kids, you know, that authority figure has to, you know, these kids have to feel that this person is coming from a place that loves them, that it's a safe space. And that, you know, um, I think it just adds another layer to it. Anthony, yeah. you have a lot of God kids that you um, talk to and have guided through all this. What's your take on this whole thing? On the, on the school thing? Yeah. Um, well, just actually from personal experience, you know, um, trying to raise my nephew and trying to set ground rules for him, which when we do set ground rules for him, he does very well. Um, but when he began getting away with certain things at school, it, it completely made it very difficult for me to instill rules and regulations at home. Um, and then, you know, having to ask the teacher to be consistent as we are, because he does do very well when we're consistent. Um, it's kind of frustrating when there's no help. Um, yeah. And, you know, and uh, it's just excuses. Oh, I already called him. Well, who cares if he called? Why, are you, why aren't you in class? You know, it doesn't matter if he called. Why are you calling? Well, I woke up late. Well, that's not an excuse. You know, and so it's 
it makes it really difficult to to implement and give these kids what they they truly need because now they deal with things and they don't know how to deal with anything that's a difficult you know that comes their way and it and it does make it really really hard and you know and it makes it hard for for parents and and guardians to to teach them the best that they can because you can't say anything to a kid now because well I'm gonna call the cops mm, and right it's hard, I'm like you know what call the cops and I'm gonna spank you when they get here Ruben call the cops let them know what's going on and when they get here I'm gonna spank you why because I have the authority to spank you with a with an open hand in the on the butt right. you know <laughs> anything else is 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 assault and I and that's totally that's what we need but doesn't mean you can get away with everything. It, things are not going to go the way that you want every single time. And you need to understand that because when things get hard, it's like a huge crisis when it shouldn't even be a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a little break. Well said. Yeah. Well said, Anthony. Let's take another little break. We've got a lot going on here in Santa Barbara. It's, it's, it's a, I don't, you want to call it a reset. You want to call it a, a karmic time of healing. I don't know. We're going to get into more of this after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Well, this this week, we're super blessed. I asked Dominique to come up with something because we've got, again, this is, these are times. I don't even know how it's going to go down in history as recorded, but we want to be that show. We want to be that place. Uh, Santa Barbara being um, a community of love and we vibrate really high here and there's we we, we put the ego aside because we just understand what the strength is in our community so Dominique what, what do you have for us today well I just have a quick little story about the meaning of peace because there's so much chaos going on and you know if our kids are watching what's going on in our capital they're watching what's going on in politics um, even all around the the world there's, there's a lot of uh, seemingly lack of peace. So I thought, you know, discussing a little bit about what the meaning of peace is, I was going to just tell a little story. Once upon a time. Aww, <laughs> there, I like a, it's story it's time. Story time. <laughs> there was a king and he announced to the artist in his community that he was going to give a prize to the person who could paint a picture that mirrored peace what peace meant. And so people gathered and submitted lots of different pictures. Some people submitted pictures of snow-capped mountains and others of, you know, beautiful blue skies with fluffy clouds and, you know, pictures of uh, people in parks having uh, picnics and lots of people had lots of different things. And then the king had to pick the one, per the one picture 
that represented peace. And it surprised the people. He picked a picture that had a, basically a rugged mountain that was rough and bare. And the sky behind it was angry and there was lightning painted in the picture. The picture did not look peaceful at all. But if you looked in the picture very carefully, in the crevice of the mountain, there was drawn a bush. And in that bush, there was a mother bird that had built a nest. And in the picture, that mother bird was sitting in the middle of all that angry weather and in the middle of that rugged mountain. And that bird was sitting in peace on the nest, caring for her baby chicks. And so the, the, what the king was trying to teach the community is that it's not about everything around us on the outside being peaceful. No, peace is being in the middle of chaos and chaotic things and finding that inside is where there's the calmness. Inside is where there's the no, no noise and the no trouble and, and that peaceful sense of beingness. And that's what we need to teach our kids is where to find that center in them that gives the peace while everything else on the outside is chaotic. The peace is found on the inside. That's my story. <laughs> that's, that was Yay. a good one. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm just feeling like the, the present moment of um, picking a peace and kindness and having faith that things work out. Everything works itself out. Stay with transparency and accountability. And I think that that's, that's what spurred the, our beginning discussion about the D's and the F's. It's like, how do we hold accountability to our system? of how we're, we're teaching our kids in our educational system because we need that litmus test letting us know whether we've done our job. And so in, in our mind, when a child gets a D and an F, it means that the, the people around them, for whatever reasons, no, no shaming, no blaming, but we should be held accountable. We're the ones that have failed, yeah. not, the, not the student. We're the ones that have failed. So I'm just concerned that if we stop doing D's and F's, we're not properly registering the fact that we, our community, have not figured out how to render service to our children through this time of COVID. And I could, I could reach out to Sherry on this. Sherry, you knew, know as well as I do, I was at that kid that was bouncing. I couldn't sit still. So I used to know my dad so much. He used to do jobs for me because things would bother him like a dirty car or weeds in somebody else's yard. So he would basically... <laughs> bully somebody saying that I'm going to go over there and, and force them to, you know, give me a quarter or 50 cents just because he wanted me out of his hair. So when it came to sports, um, same thing. I needed to burn out that energy to even be able to focus. So right. our team athletes are also, we also need to recognize that. Okay. Because one, it definitely holds hand with the other. And there's a lot of athletes out there that they're not the best students. And now they're right. not getting what they need to burn off that energy. So they're going to fall. And it's right. so disturbing to me that we're not embracing and recognizing 
as a parent, you don't even have to be a parent. You have to be a retired athlete or just, right. you, know, you and I are still athletes in our minds. Right. But I, I don't know if you, if, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think that, um, I mean, I can't, I mean, you know, to, I can't even begin to talk about how I feel sports are so important and just completely feathered with academics when it comes to an athlete. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, for an athlete, it's, and, and, and for their sport, you know, they gain a lot of confidence from when they're training and practicing. And, you know, even if you go to a game and lose, it's like they're learning and discipline and that just flows into the academics. Even if they're not the best academic, at least they know that they have to perform academics in order to play their sport. Right. And for many kids and for many athletes, um, you know, hey, like if you don't make the grade, you're sitting the bench exactly. and they're good and they're going to make that grade. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it, 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 you know, even if even if they actually have to get help and say, you know, I, I, I need to pass this test or I'm not going to get this grade or, you know, kids trying to, you know, and, and that also goes to the college level. I mean, it's like there's athletes at a college level that are like, look, if you don't maintain a certain GPA, you're out for the quarter, right. which the means they could be yeah. out for their whole season. Yeah. And Listen, so we're going to, we're going to take a break. We've got uh, lots to talk about. We're going to go right back to you though. We're going to jump, take some, uh, listen to some new commercials and go right back to you after these messages. Well, now Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salta, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. All right, Cherry, we got three minutes, you know, point, punch, punch counter punch here. So what are we going to do to fix this? We've got a whole uh, pool of teen athletes here in Santa Barbara County, and it's a messed up situation. What are we going to do? It is. It's, it's a completely messed up situation, and I think, you know, somehow, some way, you know, these kids have to be able to train again. Um, you know, even if it's, if it's head to a park and social distance and get out there and do like some kind of training so that they can look forward and, and say, look, this is towards next year. This is towards next year, or this is towards, you know, give them implemental goals to where they can at least go home and sweat and feel like they've had a great workout and, and, and done something where they accomplished something. And like Ed was talking about, and we were all talking about incentives, about giving somebody a dollar for an A and a $5 for an A. I mean, there's nothing more impactful to an athlete than an incentive to play their sport in order to get a good grade. Yeah. Period. 100%, Not, 100%. Nothing is more incentive to an athlete. So if you take sports away from them, 
they don't care about the dollar or the five dollars. They just want to they just want to play. They just because because that's what gives them meaning in life. A lot of these kids, it's what gives them confidence. It's what gives them discipline. It's what gives them structure. And I think structure is the key. And I think that's what's lacking. They have no structure. We, we didn't give them the tools. I mean, who, right. how can right. we blame a child? You know, this hits us. And again, right. it seems like the order of the day was to, to, I don't see how if I came from privilege, okay, and I didn't come from privilege, okay, at all. I mean, I told you before break, I mean, I remember one weekend clearly that I was crawling underneath the windowsill because of the gunshots. Okay. Yeah. So I do not think that anybody, when you have to have a town hall meeting, we need to come together and all walks of life. So you can speak for your child of the conditions and the situation that that child is in. Okay. Period. It's not private school kid. It's a public school kid that needed that academic, uh, that needed that physical rigor because that's right. how they knew who they were in school. The right. And that's also are, how they deal with stress. Right. That's how they deal with stress. Right. It's, it's you know, because kids have stress, too. Yeah. It's not so just the adults. To, we got to take we're done, but we're going to continue this next week because we're not going to let this go, Sherry. So we'll <laughs> okay. see us all next week. Ed, Dominique, Anthony, Angela, Sherry, thank you all. God bless you. Shine your light. See you next week. <laughs> Oh, my God.